We want to thank today's sponsor of our show, Byberg Small Business Insurance. Entrepreneurship is full of challenges and uncertainties. Your insurance policy doesn't need to be one of them. You can visit Byberg.com to get a quote in minutes, purchase your policy, and be covered the next day. Policies start as low as $35 a month. You can also call 1-866-757-4487 to speak directly with a licensed agent who will gladly help you through the process and answer any questions you might have. Thank you to Byberg Business Insurance for being a sponsor of the Already Friends podcast. And as always, we'll link this in our show notes as well as on our website if you guys want to check it out. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Already Friends. This is Kara. And this is Allison. Today, we are talking all about sororities and sorority recruitment. Is it worth joining a sorority? We're going to share our thoughts, our opinions, our experience. Plus, we're going to give some really good tips for how to stand out while going through recruitment. Yeah, if you guys came and found the podcast last year from our sorority recruitment episode, that is, I think, our all-time best performing episode, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we thought we definitely need to do a part two, but last year's episode was... um. A little more of the raw, real, honest, what's going on behind the scenes. So if you want the tea, go listen to last year's. And then (laughs) in this year's episode, we're going to tell you what we actually felt about the entire Greek life process, you know, like the whole four years and share some tips for someone going through recruitment, how to stand out. Yes, exactly. So like we said, if you want the behind the scenes, we will link that episode in our show notes. You can head there to go listen to that. But yeah, we're going to talk about whether or not it's even worth it to do it. And we're very excited to get into that. But first, we're going to catch up and do a little mini announcement. So... We've had the podcast (laughs) for two and a half years now. And I was thinking about it. I have never committed to something weekly as much as I have the podcast in my entire life. I did the math and we, I think it's 135 weeks that we have recorded an episode and had the episode go live Friday. Like, have you ever done something for 135 consecutive weeks? No, even things like a sorority. You get winter break, a whole month off. You get summer break off. No, yeah. (laughs) Even if you're in a relationship, like probably one of you leaves for a week or you have Mm -hmm. different schedules. So we are going to take the month of August off, but we're not going to leave you guys hanging. We are batch recording episodes this week and we will still just have them scheduled to come out on a regular Fridays. But so the catch up sections will be pre-recorded basically. So we're just going to shout like maybe what's going on in our lives at those points in time. But yeah, this is going to be really good for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've been nonstop, never missed a Friday, never posted a day late, anything like that. So I think this break is much deserved and we're going to try and schedule all the episodes before August so that we can chill out. We can take a breather. We don't have to be up until midnight the night before an episode goes live or, you know, scrambling to get our ish together. We're going to take a little breather. So with that, if we, if you DM us or message, us reach out to us and we don't get back to you right away it's because we're on a little break a much deserved break yes and truthfully I am like definitely hitting the tip of like burnout but not just like with the podcast July and August are like the busiest retail months too so I am working full send right now and I was Mm -hmm. really thinking about it and I wasn't going to share this but I was like you know what I've been watching a lot of Ember Chamberlain's vlogs this summer and she's just like so real and honest and it's comforting when she shares her struggles and I know that a lot of our listeners are thinking about starting a podcast. So I kind of wanted to be honest about that. And for anyone listening who's going through 
through sorority recruitment, that also means school is starting soon. So your schedule is probably going to get a lot busier. And so just know, you know, all these people that you see online or friends and family, like you can never do it all, all the time. And the last few weeks, I have noticed like my financial, occupational and social buckets have been getting a lot of attention this summer because of course, summer is the time where like there's all kinds of events and activities and family things. We've got birthdays, all of that. So I have just been sadly like neglecting my spiritual, emotional and physical wellness buckets. And I can feel it so much. And even the awareness of just knowing that that's what it stems from is useful information. So I feel like if you guys need a regrouping, go back and listen to our eight dimensions of wellness one from the beginning of the year. And it will kind of help you figure out like maybe what's getting too much attention and what's not getting enough attention. And it's not that I haven't like been working out or haven't been meditating and stuff like that, but I'm just not giving it as much as I would prefer because I have been working so much (laughs) and just like Mm. on the go. And it's just crazy how sometimes like the domino effect, the 4th of July weekend, my two co-owners were gone leading into that weekend for the holiday and you were gone. So everyone was gone at once. And then, so I was like, okay, I'm not going to go to boxing this week because two of the days we didn't even have practice and because of the holiday. And then the next week I got my period and I was like, okay, I just cannot do all of this right now. And so I didn't do my July membership because the way it works there, I was like, can I just pay for like a half month? And they were like, no, you have to pay for the whole month, no matter what. And I was like, They don't like have a drop in. It's just kind of like an all or nothing. And then I remembered that I had $150 of credit in my uh, yoga membership like account just from last year. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll just do some drop ins at my yoga studio this month and then like get back to it in August. But not having that outlet has like made me so ungrounded. And I hate it about me that like once I, I mean, maybe everyone is like this. If I don't have enough time for myself, it makes me like really bitter to the things that I like have to do. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm like pouring so much outward and not enough inward. So all that being said, this is a very good time for us to take a break from it. But I'm currently in the phase of like, we're still doing all of the pre-stuff to batch record to get it Mm -hmm. done. So it's like, I know that there's like a break kind of coming, but we are like in the thick of doing everything we can to prep for that. And August is just going to be so busy at the shop. And of course, Airbnb, it's summer. So everyone's traveling. So I'm like flipping it every day. And that was like another part with boxing is cleaning the Airbnb is physically demanding. Mm. Like it's a lot of like, (laughs) you know, like on my feet and scrubbing and stuff. And reselling is also kind of like labor intensive, actually. I'm like up and down the stairs, like carrying a lot of heavy stuff all the time. So my body just, my body and my heart and my soul need some TLC. And I am so looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lot going on. Would you ever hire a cleaning lady to do your Airbnb? See, I thought that, like that was my first, thing that I was like, okay, that can go. But it actually makes the least sense because Mm. with it being connected to my apartment, it takes me like 45 minutes to do it. And I have it down to like a very teed perfect system. And if I know if I hire someone, it would probably take them like two to three hours because I can be here while the laundry's going and like go do other stuff. But the cleaner would have to like wait for all of that. Mm -hmm. And there's just like some nuances with it that it like doesn't really make sense. And it's not like I'm charging a million dollars a night. So a lot of like the actual pay because Airbnb takes like a lot of fees is coming from the cleaning fee. Mm. So 
there's that just it just doesn't make sense. I've thought about it, but yeah, I, I yeah. it wouldn't be if I owned a house, like, it would be so different. And I do want to do like an yeah. Airbnb episode at one point. But if mm. you own a house and Airbnb is going to your mortgage, even if you break even from like the cleaners and other stuff, like it's still worth it because you're getting your mortgage paid for. I rent mm-hmm. this place. So if I'm paying rent and paying a cleaner, then I'm basically paying like I'm losing money. Yeah. Because it's not like the over overhead is going to a mortgage. It's just going to a, a different landlord. <laughs> yeah. So I have to profit from it. <laughs> yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. I definitely feel like Airbnb, I don't know. It would be really hard to make the math work if you don't own the property. They call mm-hmm. it Airbnb arbitrage. Again, maybe we'll do another episode. So I'll stop talking about it, but yeah. I don't know if I would recommend it. No, that, that's really interesting. And yeah, maybe you just need to think, think about how you can outsource other things in your life to hopefully give you back some time. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's really just the season. Like I know mm-hmm. this, this has been, I've had the same reselling podcast work schedule for the past four years. Summer is just when people are out shopping. We have an event like almost every weekend at 1404 or in the neighborhood. And once it gets cold, there, you don't have a lot of those events. So it's just mm-hmm. seasonal. And I know that when like October, November, December roll around, it mellows out. So it's always this, like I'm in the thick of it and I'm like, I need to outsource, need to hire someone. And that's what I did a few summers ago. I hired people and then it it slows right. down and I'm like, oh, I actually didn't need help. I just kind of have to weather the storm for like a month yeah. and come out the other side. Okay, that's great. I'm, that's good that you realize that because you're so right. Yeah, then you have people, too many people. And then you're like, wait, this is the slow season. Yeah. And then you're like, now Ooh. I have to fire them, which like sounds horrible. And you don't want to like, no one wants to start a job for a month. Mm, yeah. Good to know. Anyway, hopefully you have something more uplifting to say because I just like <laughs> therapy sessioned our listeners. But I was like, I want to give you guys the real stuff because sometimes I just feel so good when other people admit like that they're overwhelmed or that it's like a lot to carry all at once. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely right there with you feeling very overwhelmed lately. Just all good things, like you said, too. Like my sister's wedding is in two and a half weeks, but like I took my dress. I thought, you know, my bridesmaid dress because we all have different ones. So I just found a really cute one. McKenna approved it, bought it. It fit, but it was just a little long. And so I'm like, okay, I just need to go get it tailored. So luckily I went really far ahead of time and I took it a couple days ago to get altered. And they were like, wait, we actually can't alter this. It's going to be so expensive. The hemming is very specific, like the stitching on the bottom. They're like, we don't have this type of stitching. Mm-hmm. It's a very specific. And it was like a three-tiered bottom. He's like, so if you cut the bottom, it's going to be shorter than the other two tiers. So I have to do all the tiers and you're going to lose that special hemming stitching that's on the bottom. And he's like, basically it's going to cost $150 to fix a $200 dress. So I'm like, okay, that's not mm-hmm. worth it. And so last minute, I'm like scrambling to find a new dress. I found a new one, which is fine. But I'm like, it's just, yeah, I'm just like a lot. And then I'm with you. Like work is good. Things are, I don't know, but just like how we had talked about, I think on the upcoming episode, we talked about how like, I'm just kind of going through it with some friendships and it's been really hard and just some other family things have been really hard. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. What do they say? Like when it rains, it pours. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That literally have been thinking that in my head all week. I'm like, oh my God. And it's like, you know, it's just the season of that. And we're obviously both very blessed. Like we love our jobs. We love the podcast. We love our community. We love everything we've worked for. It just sometimes it's like, wow, 
this is a lot. Mm-hmm. All at once. Yeah. And fun thing, I went to Chicago last weekend and it was very fun, but I am not used to that much going out, that much drinking. I literally got no sleep. I drove home on like three hours of sleep. I literally cried when I got home. I was like, that was so exhausting. And that, I mean, seeing my friends was like definitely the peak of the week, like for me. And it was so fun. But the things that were the peak were like going to the lake and like laying out by the water. I'm just not in that phase of life where I can stay up till 4 a.m. anymore. Like I can't do that. It's fun every once in a while, but like we literally, they, we did that like three nights in a row and I literally cried. I couldn't do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. One night of that now at our old age. Is yeah. A lot. And it wasn't for it. It was like 1 a.m., 1 a.m., 1 a.m., but still they stayed up way later, but I'm like, oh my gosh. And I love them all. And they all agreed. They're like, wow, I'm cutting back. That was awful because it was one of my <laughs> friend's cousin's birthday and they're super, super close. And that cousin just like wanted to go all out, do birthday things. But it like literally made me so unwell. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm still like finally just recovering. And it's Tuesday because I, I was just gonna like, say, are you still recovering? I'm still recovering, and like I can actually feel like I need the alcohol to wear off days after I drink. Yep, yep, yeah. So. I had a great time in Chicago. I went for my friend's stand-up show. My friend Sarah produced her own stand-up show, got seven comedians to do it. She was the final comedian. They were all so funny. Her cousin, that it was her birthday, they got her to go up and she was like, I cannot do a full stand-up set. This is so out of my comfort zone, but she did a really funny bit and I was really proud of her. She had nothing prepared until that day and just crushed it. So I'm like, go Katie. The stand-up was great. And then I did the Friday morning swim club, which is a 7 a.m. You jump in Lake Michigan in Chicago. And it started last year. Have you heard of this? Excuse me, 7 a.m.? Yeah, 7.10 is when you jump in. What's the significance? Um, I think it's just like a... Friday morning activity that you do before work. And I feel like it's oh. with, it's on trend with those events that we're seeing of, you know, non-alcohol events done in the mornings, done outside of the midnight hours. Because have you ever heard of the, the DJ dance party called Daybreaker? Mm-mm. It's like another thing where they start at 4 a.m. and you break the day in with dancing and you do sunrise yoga. And I feel like it's just one of those other things that is on the trend with events not involved around drinking. But they started it last year with maybe 20 to 40 members. And now when I went on Friday, there was 2,000 plus people that all came to just jump into Lake Michigan before work and swim and meet people and there's free coffee. So it was a lovely event. I loved it. Wow. And it was freezing. It was so cold. And did you just find out about it on social media? Yeah, a girl that went to Mizzou posted a video about it maybe two weeks ago and they saw it. And in the back of my head, I knew I wanted to do it. But then I sent it to my friends and they're like, wait, yes, yeah, so down. And some of them had not been yet. So they were super pumped and stoked. It's very fun. really have been water Pisces, Pisces, if that's the word, <laughs> it up this summer. The verb, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm always down to jump in. A body of water. I know. I feel like if we plot it out on a chart, all of your peaks of the week from like all the Ever. years. That, yeah. Like I wonder how many of them have involved like going Swimming. to a body of water. <laughs> yeah. Um, I literally told everyone, I'm like, this is what St. Louis or any major city needs. I truly believe that every major city needs a body of water and that makes it more successful. makes it a better place. Like Chicago having like Michigan where you mm-hmm. can go out boating on the weekend or go swimming. You can literally just walk to the beach and swim. Saves it so much from like the awful, brutally cold winters and some of the other cons. Other places I think about Austin, Texas, they have this big river where people swim or they paddleboard. Like I just think every city needs 
expensive body of water. And I'm St. Louis doesn't have one. So I'm literally about to go clean up the Missouri River <laughs> or the Mississippi River and like get it going. Like we need a Friday morning swim club here, but I don't know where we would jump in. There's no clean water. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you're so right. Because even in Chicago, people like run along the water, even though they're not getting in the water. Yeah. You're like going and having a picnic by the water. And it just brings people like out of their apartment or out of their neighborhood to the water. Mm-hmm. I guess a peak. I went down to the Water Lantern Festival down there this weekend and it was really, Cute. really magical. But they're trying to do a ton along the river there. They're actually like really building it up and you can go boating in it and stuff. Some people do. Okay, cute. So I could see in like 10 years from now that actually being a thing. Like the Kiwit Luminarium went right there. Mm-hmm. The Iowa side, there's like some cute little... I don't know, restaurants and stuff happening over there along the water. Like they're trying. Okay. So I said my peak. You said your peak, right? Or do you have another one? I did have another one. What was it? Oh, um, I took Clay's mom to this midsummer gathering. It was out mm-hmm. at a person's property, like a little bit north of Omaha and Fort Calhoun. And it definitely was inspiring me. I was like, okay, I could buy a house out here. I don't know what it is. I have like so much resistance to like buying a house in the city. And when I went out mm. there like to their property, which it's only like, you know, 15 minutes outside of like Omaha and they have, you know, their produce that they're growing, all these wildflowers. It took me back to my childhood because like my mom grew up on six acres and like we'd always go there in the summer. And there was livestock and just the garden. That was really speaking to my soul. Mm-hmm. Hanging clothes outside on a clothesline. <laughs> I could get behind that life. And then you're so close to Omaha where like you can still go to all the events, yeah. pop right into the city. It's like the best of both worlds. I I was very inspired. And it was so cute to just go with Clay's mom. It was just her and I because my mom's in Peru and Clay and his dad were both out of town. And so we were like, wait, we should go to this event together. And I just love her. I really feel so blessed to have such a good mother-in-law. Like, I know that's not the case for everyone. Mm, yeah. But she's so sweet. Oh, yay. Yeah. Okay. Should we read your guys' peaks? Yes. Maddie said, celebrating my grandparents' 60th wedding anniversary with my whole family at the lake. I love that. All the family vibes. Blair said, it's my best friend's first birthday. It's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to your dog. So, so cute. And Ashlyn said, on week six of my daily meditation goal, that is a very good commitment to meditation. I am impressed. You'll have to send us whatever app or link you're using because if you've committed to it that long, it must be good. I would love to know. And speaking of moms in relationships, Mary Kate said, my boyfriend met my mom this weekend and it went so well. Yay. We love that. Um, as always, send in your peaks of the week on our Instagram, Artie Podcast. I may or may not post them on Mondays in August. We'll see. But <laughs> if I do, you can send it in. <laughs> Yeah, just to clarify, if we did not make this clear, all of our episodes will still be coming out. We're just taking a break from recording real time. Yes, yes. Because recording takes a certain amount of effort, but it's like the the back end of then re-listening, making the edits, title, description, blog post, social media. It's like all that is what weirdly takes so much more than just actually recording. The, recording the episode is the easy part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we already outsourced some of that and it's still madness. <sighs> so yeah, just wanted to clarify in case 
We made that unclear. Yeah, when we were setting up today, we were like, this is really a whole production. Like when they say lights, camera, action on like a movie set, that is how I feel with (laughs) podcasts. It's like, I have like literally 10 cords running across in front of me right now. It's like the recorder cord, my phone cord, the mic cord, the headphone cord, the camera cord, the ring light cord. It's a whole thing. I need to get more outlets. <laughs> yeah, I have a freaking power surge with like eight outlets. Half of them are being used. It's crazy. Well, speaking of that, if you want to start your own podcast, make sure to go to our website and download our podcast Bible for step-by-step process of how to start your own show. If this sounds enticing, which I don't know yeah. if it sound <laughs> really- enticing at all. <laughs> We're just talking about how we're tired. It's so much work. There's so many cords. It's expensive. We're like, do it. (laughs) No, but it is the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my entire life. And it brings me so much joy. Oh, same. We're going to take a quick break to talk about today's sponsor of our show, Bybrook Small Business Insurance. As a new business owner, you might feel lost and overwhelmed, so talking to an insurance expert can be really reassuring and provide peace of mind You can spend more time running your business and doing what you love. Whether you're a contractor, landscaper, photographer, podcaster, life coach, consultant, notary, or maybe you own a business like a travel agency, a boutique, or healthcare and social assistance industries, whatever you do with your small business, there's a good chance insurance can protect you and your company from the potential risks of owning and operating a business. We actually had on insurance advisor Ben Topping from Byberg on episode 131, and he actually talked us through real-life small business scenarios where insurance was crucial. We both learned so much in that episode, and I definitely feel more empowered as an entrepreneur now knowing what I know about insurance and how it's so important for businesses, not only for myself, but for our listeners too. In this episode, you'll hear about the different types of small business insurance policies, why you need it, and what it covers. If you call 1-866-757-4487, you can speak with one of Byberg's licensed agents and they'll walk you through each of their policy types and how to get a specific policy for your business needs. Or you can call that number to purchase a policy within minutes. You can also go to buyberg.com and be covered the next day. Byberg is part of Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway Company, so you can trust they will be there financially. They have a 4.9 star average customer review rating and it is truly a one-stop shop for your business insurance needs, which is amazing. And policies start as low as $35 a month. Thank you to Bybrook for sponsoring our show and having been on in episode 131. As a retail shop owner, I know how important it is to have a good, reliable POS system. That's why I'm so excited about our sponsor today, Shopify. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source. Track everything across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers both inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash alreadyfriends. That is all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash alreadyfriends to take your retail business to the next 
next level today. Shopify.com slash already friends. Thank you again to Shopify for sponsoring the already friends podcast. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Okay, well, let's get into today's topic, right? Hopefully, yeah. The irony, it's like you never know in life what is going to be your best performing content. So I almost hope that this episode doesn't become our now most popular episode where our whole intro was just talking about how we're like taking a break. So I promise if this is the first time ever listening to Already Friends, go back and listen to our backlog of 132 other episodes. There's plenty of effort that we have put in where we're not we're not out. running on five <laughs> percent and that's like you said it's like we could have just hopped on and been our energizer buddies pretending that it's all fine and dandy but we're just keeping it real yeah because we don't want to mislead ever that like when i put on a front either on the podcast or on social media i have this like gruesome guilt in my gut. It's like I have this urge where I'm like, I just have to put up a story or I have to say something on the podcast to like keep it real because then it feels like I'm not, it's like I'm portraying my online persona as being better than like my real life persona. And that like gives me this very weird anxiety. Mm. So it's like, I just, I have to come clean when think when like I'm tired and stuff. Yeah. Anyway. That. <laughs> okay. Sorority recruitment and joining a sorority. Is it worth it? I feel like really quick, just in case someone's listening from another country, because we do have listeners from all over the world. I just wanted to explain what a sorority is. Super, super basic because I feel like the last time we did this episode, people didn't even know what a sorority was and they were commenting on our social media posts like, what's a sorority? What is this? So sorority is an organization at your college. So if you choose to go to college, it's an organization where people find friendship and community among other things. Women typically join a sorority and men will join a fraternity. It's a chapter of Greek life spread around universities, both in the US and Canada. And you typically go through a recruitment process before school starts or during your second semester of school to 
find which sorority and what house you would fit into and what you would join. So for some context, I was a Chi Omega at the University of Missouri. And I was an Alpha Chi Omega (laughs) at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Yeah. So that's what it is. It's kind of like an extracurricular activity that you have to try out for in a sense. And once you are in, you are typically in it for four years. That's what they would hope. So your freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year. Yeah. I really like how you phrased it that way, like an extracurricular activity that you try out for, because I feel like Greek life gets a lot of hate of like, well, I wouldn't pay to have friends, but it's like, but you would pay to join that sport club. You pay to do Mm -hmm. this other club where maybe you have membership dues or you're buying drinks or equipment or software to be a part of a club. Like it's just kind of how it goes. So I always thought that was like a shady low blow when people were like, well, I don't need to pay for my friends. I literally wrote that down as a bullet. The you're paying for your friends criticism because was going to say the exact same thing. There's literally nothing in your life where you do not pay for friends. Try to find something. I would say elementary, middle, (laughs) high school, if you went to public school, but even outside of school, you're having sleepovers. Your parents are buying pizza for you guys. You're, someone's paying something. A hundred percent. Even to go to a certain elementary or middle school, your parents probably had to buy a home in a certain district in order for you to be able to attend that school. Mm -hmm. Nothing's free And especially in your adult life, nothing is free. No friendships are free. You make friends at a workout class. You make friends going to a coffee shop, buying coffee, going to a bar, buying drinks. Like, And in college, you know, if you're someone who's saying that and you're also another college student, you're literally paying to go to that college. Like, what are you talking about? You might make friends in your classes or, you know, just sitting on the quad or somewhere else on campus, but you're literally paying $80,000 to sit there too. (laughs) Wow. I feel like we really just demystified that entire thing. People are still going to think that, but that's my take. I agree. Okay. So we got (laughs) out of the way, what a sorority is, what house we were in, where we went. How do we want to unpack all of this? Because we're going to talk about if it's worth it and some tips for you guys. So maybe first we go into like overall, I actually, we didn't talk about this beforehand (laughs) because I wanted to hear Kara's reply live. All in all. Okay. Let's say one, not worth it. 10, worth it. How would you rate your experience? I am such a basic girl. I would say 10. Like I could not imagine doing college, not in a sorority. So I think 10, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being it was 100% worth it. I think it was 100% worth it. Wow. I love that answer. I would say 90%, like a nine out of 10. Mm, Yeah. I think that's a very fair assessment for most people. And the only knock or like the 10% loss was because of how I am as a person. I Mm -hmm. hated being told what to do Mm -hmm. or having, I like, I'm just really bad with commitments. Like if someone tells me to be somewhere at a certain time, like some, I could be like wanting to have a cup of coffee and then someone's like, you have to drink this cup of coffee. And I'm like, I don't want it anymore. Like the second someone tells me I have to do something, I'm like suddenly there's resistance. I don't know what I need to unpack with that. But that was a huge adjustment to Greek life of like having to be certain places or wear a a certain shirt for an event or not post Mm. this and not post that. But I will say my sorority was very patient with me and they let me bend (laughs) the rules a lot. I feel like I was always pushing the envelope, but I felt like I joined a house where pushing the envelope was okay. I probably Mm -hmm. would have gotten dropped, to be honest, from some other houses. But I felt like I thankfully joined a house of like-minded people who also pushed the envelope. So it was okay. (laughs) You're going to laugh. I literally have some cons written down. And one of the first ones is being in a sorority might be hard for you if you don't like being told what to do. You might have some friction there. And I (laughs) literally thought of you. (laughs) So I can't wait to unpack that in a little bit. But question for you, what made you want to join a sorority? Was that influenced by your friends, family? 
family, did you fully understand what you were getting yourself into? I had no idea what a sorority was. I was just moving into college with three other roommates into this like sweet thing. And Mm -hmm. the regular move-in date, if you weren't going through recruitment, say it was like one day. And if you were going through recruitment, it was a different day. And I remember I was in Mexico with my mom on my senior graduation trip and they messaged me and they were like, dude, you need to sign up for recruitment like so we can move in early. And I was like, do what? And I was obviously having a good time in Mexico. So I was like, okay, whatever. Like what box do I need to check? So Mm -hmm. I just signed up. And then I, as the summer went along, I was like, wait, what did I sign up for? And had to like learn what it was. And they're like, you need these outfits. And I was working at a boutique. So I didn't really have to put much thought in because I already had like a lot of clothes. And then I just like showed up. I didn't know anything about any of the houses. My roommates, they were a little more knowledgeable because one of my roommates, her older sister was in a house. So she like actually knew what she was doing. So I feel like I kind of learned from her and I was like, oh, I have to like kind of try. Okay, Mm -hmm. this is also new for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What did you all ask? Yeah, how do you decide to join? So it was peer pressure from your roommates that you guys could move in early. Yes. But I'm very, very glad because I would have totally missed the boat, missed the deadline, and then had such bad FOMO. So Mm -hmm. then when going through recruitment, I honestly think the ignorance and not knowing was ideal because I had no expectations. I didn't really care. I wasn't attached to any outcome. I wasn't really like more nervous going into some houses than the other. Like I kind of had a general Mm -hmm. idea just from people talking, but I felt like I trusted the process and was just like, I'm going to end up wherever I end up. And then of the three houses that I made it to on the last day for how it worked at my school, you get the last day, there's three, and then you preference which one of those you want. And I wanted all of them. I ended up wanting the one I got the most. So it was fine. But I think I would have been, I would have been like, it was meant to be probably whichever one it ended up. Yeah, I would say I'm similar to you. I didn't fully know what it was, but I feel like I always just knew that I was going to be in a sorority, even without fully knowing what it was. I think this depends on what school you go to too. Both of our colleges, I would argue, have a very strong Greek life presence. I think when I was there, 30% of our college was in a some form of Greek affiliation organization. So I think knowing that I was going to that college, I just knew that I was going to be in a sorority. And I also went into it not knowing literally anything about the houses, which... I think in the end, in our advice, I'm going to say that I kind of regret this because a house can put on a completely different front and facade with who they pair you with to talk to than what the majority or what the whole really stands for, who they really are. And I think one of the houses that I put in my top three, and I literally almost became a member of that house, I don't think I was a good fit for at all. But it's because when you count it down, I think you pretty much only talk to, if you go through all the rounds, maybe 15 or less people. And in a house of 300, that 15 could be just like the really different ones or like the really, I don't know. It could just be different. So you mean talk to 15 people per house? Yeah. Yeah, Like, because if you go through all the rounds and each round, I would say you maybe talk to three or five girls and there might be three or four rounds. So you really only get a very small peak or sliver of people, you know, peek into that house. So I literally went in not knowing anything about the houses, anything about their stereotypes or even just looking up their websites, social media, anything. And I was glad in the moment, but I feel like, and I got the house I wanted. Same with you. My number one choice I got into. Thank goodness. And I feel like I had a lot of faith and I was like, you know, it's going to work out like this is where I'm supposed to be I feel so welcome here I feel so at home but now that I'm on the other side like girl that was silly like anything could have happened like one slip up could have happened and you wouldn't have gotten your number one preference so I think doing a little bit of research like just checking out their social media checking out their website wouldn't hurt 
Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a fine balance between knowing enough that you get a general gist, but yes. not overly doing it to where you have such a desired outcome that you want that you're exactly. really attached to that. And you're going to get really hurt if it doesn't work out. Yes. I know we talked about this last year, so we don't have to go into it too much, but I do think the houses know better if you'll be a good fit for the house than you know because like imagine living in a house like let's say just like an apartment or whatever you have three roommates and some other person wants to just come live with you guys you would know if that person's a good fit for your dynamic because of how you and your other roommates already interact like what your day-to-day life is like but that person might be like no I want to be friends with them and like you might have a better idea if they would fit into your bubble than they would Mm -hmm. because they've never been in that bubble so I think sometimes for the person going through, they might think that they're like a really good fit for a house, but the house might be able to have a more truthful judgment call on that. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, I've been on both sides and yeah, kind of like I was saying, it could seem like this is the perfect house for you. Like you're for sure supposed to be in it, but then yeah, you're only getting a little piece of the, I don't know, the whole thing in your 10, 15 minute conversation. So yeah, I think with anything, like you said, don't get too attached to any houses. I would not go into it texting your friends that go to that school. What house do you think I should be in? Like, don't get those outsider perspectives like that. But knowing what the house stands for, maybe knowing if they prioritize philanthropy or grades or what their participation in homecoming or other activities looks like, I don't think that hurts. But don't go into it asking other people what they think you should be in. I did not want that. And I'm glad I didn't, you know, seek out the few people that I knew that went to Mizzou and ask them for that insight. And with that, when you're going through the other people that are either in your dorm or your friends that you're going through with, I would refrain from talking too much to each other about how they felt about a house because it doesn't really matter how they felt about a house. It just matters what you think. And then your opinion could get swayed. You might have come out of one house and been like, that was the best. Like, I feel so aligned. Mm -hmm. I want that house. And then your friend comes out and is like, I hate that house. And then you might be like, wait, did, did I hate it? Like, am I getting in my head? And... I don't know. I felt like that happened a lot when I was going through of girls talking to each other too much. Yeah. Or like being mean about Mm. a house. Like don't yuck someone's yum about any of the houses. I, that happened. And like still to this day, I remember watching it happen and just being so upset for that person. This girl really loved this one house and this fucking unself-aware mean girl was like, I did not like the house at all. And like, you could see it on this girl's face, like how hurtful that was because that was her number one house. And for her, that was like one of the only options that she had left. And she put all this time and energy and then just to have someone say, oh my gosh, that house sucked. I had the worst conversation on that house. Like why, why share that to the conversation? Why? That's not helpful for anyone. That's rude. No. And especially at a time where you're transitioning from high school to college, I don't care what anyone says. They're all, you're obviously going to try to be cool. You're not like going into this, like, I hope no one likes me and I have no friends and I don't fit in <laughs> anywhere. Like you're obviously trying to reinvent yourself and find your people and whatever, fit in. And so you're going to be impressionable, I think, about other people's opinions. So maybe just like don't ask people their opinion because if you don't want the answer or you feel like you could be swayed by it, maybe don't seek seek answers that you don't want. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Okay, moving on to the next question. Do you feel like there was actually community in your sorority? Do you feel like there was actually sisterhood? You know, the big seller that they preach about joining a sorority. I would give mine 
like a seven or an eight out of 10. Mm -hmm. But I also think that that's because of the type of people that were in my house. Like we were, I would describe a lot of us as very independent, go-getters, entrepreneurs. We did a lot like to party. And so I feel like all of us were just very, not all of us, but the general vibe of the house. People were like doing their thing. And I would honestly say somehow I feel like the sisterhood or the community or the support has been better post-college than I would have expected. Like I've really kept in close contact with some of the gals from my house and we've supported each other or visited each other in ways that I we maybe didn't even during school because we were busy and maybe our relationship during college was a little more, not superficial, but just like, oh, these are your party friends. We go do this. Like we go mm-hmm. take cute pictures, whatever. And now that I feel like as we've moved into adult life, it's like, oh, I like can really rely on these people if I needed mm-hmm. something from them. Yeah, I think that's a great analysis. I would agree with you. I feel like the community for me, me was a seven. For others, it was a 10. And then for others, maybe it was a two. I think it's totally going to depend on your own personal experience. I feel like I'm someone who has never been a 12 girlfriend group kind of gal. I'm not someone who names the friend group is one of 15. And they had those, my pledge class. And I just never felt like I belonged to one of those, which is fine. But Wait, I still- Same, same. Oh, yeah. Like there was definitely yeah. like some click chunks, clicks that makes it sound so bad. But I feel like I always kind of like teetered in between. And I was like, I don't really need to identify with one subgroup within the house. Mm-hmm. You were the same? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in a subgroup click this group chat my sophomore year of college and they wanted to do photo shoots together and really wanted to associate themselves together and my roommate was one of the people that was like really into this friend group and I just said to her one day like oh you know like I love this for you guys I just don't fully feel like I'm in this group which is fine like I'm just someone that has always been that way even in high school my friend group was like three people or four people I guess including myself and this person was so hurt by this was so she like felt like I was judging her and it was just this whole drama and she told me she felt like I was judging her for being this friend I'm like wait no like not at all I just just want to let you know like sometimes I don't go to the things that you guys do because I just don't fully feel like I'm in it and I feel like it's going to be beneficial for y'all too because I don't (laughs) think you guys feel like I'm fully in it so I just want to let you know that I'm okay with that and it was like this whole thing yeah and sometimes I feel like once you identify so much with a friend group then you don't get invited to the other friend group things yeah and I always wanted to just like play it all even because I was like well I love that this group has like the going out people but then I love that these are like my more nerdy friends that we can go to the live Library. And then I had the other girls who are maybe like a little more fitness minded. And I felt like it was fun to like bop around between different groups so that I had a more balanced experience rather than giving it all to one subgroup. Yeah. So I feel like that actually could be a pro and a con that maybe the con is, yeah, in a pledge class of 95 girls, which was mine, there's going to be subgroups. I think in any organization where there's 95 people, there is going to be subgroups. But a pro is that everyone was very welcoming. And if they were, if there was one group hanging on the couches, you could, of course, go jump in and sit with them and hang out. Like no one's clicky in like the mean stereotypical ways, but some people naturally gravitated toward each other. And that's so fine. Yeah. I actually think this was a really good point that we just kind of stumbled upon because you could feel left out like, oh, everyone has their little other groups, but you kind of have to be proactive to associate yourself with some of those groups or go out of the way to invite yourself. Because I, w- you, let's say you like go down to the kitchen or the living room areas. If people were mm-hmm. like going to go get a coffee or go for a walk, I do feel like you kind of had to go out of your way to invite 
invite yourself sometimes because think about it, like you just said, 50 to 90 people in a pledge class, like not everyone can come to every single thing. So you kind of have to be like, if you see someone going to do something being like, oh, hey, I also need to go to Target. Like, let's go. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get as much out of it as you put in. So if you never make it known that you want to do the activities that everyone is doing, how are they supposed to invite you if they don't know? Yeah, and you need to be self-confident enough where your feelings aren't hurt if two people go run and get Chick-fil-A. That was like, I feel like where a lot of the drama would start if two or three people did something and someone got mad, they weren't invited. It's like, like you said, are you being proactive? Are you inviting people to go get Chick-fil-A? Are you inviting people to go for a walk? Like you have to be proactive and understand that other people are going to hang out with each other when you're not there. That's life. Yeah. And sometimes it's just out of convenience. Like those two girls probably wanted Chick-fil-A in that moment. They went right after class. Because sometimes it's like it can turn into a whole thing. I even noticed this like um, on Clay's family trips because there's like so many people. Like he has his three siblings Mm -hmm. plus then like their significant others plus kids. Like if I just said to one person like, hey, want to go for a walk really quick or grab a coffee? It's like there and back and 10, 15 minutes. But then if you say it too loud, then everyone wants to go. And then that person has to go to the bathroom first. And the other person (laughs) needs to stop here along the way. And you're like, oh, now this is a whole thing. Yeah. And it took 45 minutes to an hour to leave. (laughs) Yeah. But you could have went down and back three times in the time. Yeah. 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 So I think you have to be confident with one, doing your own thing. And two, other people are going to do their own things. And that's life. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, anything else that we want to talk about, about like just our experience of being involved? You were the president. Mm -hmm. Would you be president again or have a position on the board if you did it all over again? I would definitely be president again. I had a really good experience. It's another one of those things where depending on the state of your house, when you are president, it could be the best thing ever or it can be the worst thing ever. I had a friend who was president. She had an awful time, but there was just a lot going on with her chapter in that state of 
life, but no, I had a great time and it was such a good leadership role. It taught me a lot and I had to meet the needs of a lot of different people and what they wanted. I got to manage a budget of a lot of money, like over $100,000. I managed 300 and something people, which is more than the average CEO manages in the US. So it's a big, serious leadership role. And I had to public speak every week in front of, yeah, 300 people at chapter. So it taught me a lot and I'm really glad that I did it. And yeah, would totally do it again. My sister was also the president (laughs) and my sister was someone who was like, I'm not going through recruitment. Like, this is so not me. Like, you guys know I've talked about her. She's very, like, OG, cool, hipstery, mm-hmm. like, definitely not your <laughs> mainstream basic girl in a puffy dress. Like, my sister's not going to wear a dress if her life depends on it. Also same, kind of. Um, <laughs> but she ended up being the president of her house, even. So there is a variety of types of person and interest you can be and still join Greek life and have an active role in it. I think it's not just all basic white girls who like to get dressed up and get their nails done. There are so many other people involved. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Did your sister enjoy being president? Yeah, I think so. And how you yeah. said it was a great leadership role and it like taught you a lot really quickly. My sister's a teacher now and I definitely feel like it helped her like command presence in a room from earlier on. Because it's basically, I'm sure this is what you're going to say next. It's like a job on your resume that you can add. Yeah. And there's so many skills that you learn. Like, for example, when people were upset with things or how some things were, I would try to look at it from their perspective and be like, okay, why is this making people upset? How can I put myself in their shoes? Is this fair? Is this not fair? And I would actually have to either change it or convince everyone why this is the way something is. Or if people were bored during chapter, why is this boring? okay, everyone, you have two minutes or less to talk or how can I make this fun? How can I make this interactive? So it really challenges you to innovate and to look at people's pain points or what's bothering them and learn how to adapt and adjust. And yeah, those are all really good points. And in most houses, it's elected by the members of the group. So I also feel like that's a good selling point on the resume or for future jobs of being like, yeah, the people in my house liked me enough, you know, to elect me into this position and they trusted me. So that says a lot Mm -hmm. about you, especially at that age where most people in college, maybe there's a lot of area for improvement still. (laughs) 300 people saw you as a natural born leader. That's very impressive. That's a great thing to share. Okay, I want to do random benefits that people might not know about joining a sorority. And the one that I thought of was having test files. Did you have test files? (sighs) This is another saga of what it was like to be (laughs) an art graphic design student. No Mm. such test files exist for... A degree in which you have to create art from scratch every single time. But maybe elective or maybe your freshman year, maybe those first classes. Did you have to do um, gen eds? I took a few AP classes in high school, so I didn't have a ton of them. And then I took German and I was really into, I had an English minor. And so it was like all creative writing. So just like the the classes that I like had were not really test file worthy, but I know that we did have them. And I also feel like they the frats would just, all the houses like shared test files too in my, at my school. Yeah. Well, if you don't know what they are, test files are basically people would put all of their tests once they got them back into these folders. And for us, it was in our little library room and you could go in and find any single class for the most part at the college. 
and look at all the past tests or notes. People would just drop in their entire notebook or if they made a study guide, people would put their study guides in there. Basically, it helps you so much. I had some very niche, intense Spanish classes where it was so nice to know what kind of questions would be on the test. And yeah, the test files were amazing for me. (laughs) Yeah, I totally forgot that test files were even a thing. But for those more majors like business or maybe something in the medical where you're getting tested a lot, I'm Mm -hmm. sure that they were very, very beneficial. Yeah. And especially like freshman, sophomore year where you have to take those general gen ed classes where those kind of tests A, B, C, D are the majority. Those are really great. I loved having snacks. I feel like there was 24-7 access to snacks in the sorority, which is nice because you have groceries kind of. Like you could always grab bananas, fruit. It's obviously going to depend on each house, but at least for us, unlimited snacks and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, we had a great kitchen set up, I felt like. Yeah. And you could freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year, any year you were in the house, you could come in for lunch. Mm -hmm. That was a nice perk. So in between classes, just with your membership, you could come in and get lunch which that's less groceries for you. On that note, if you're a freshman and you're not living in the house yet, because usually that's the case, you're not living in the house freshman year, I cannot recommend enough going to the house for things like to study, for lunch, for snacks, Mm -hmm. doing things on the weekend. That is going to make you feel so much more connected to the house and the members. And people will be like, I love that you're just like popping in. I I would do that all the time. And I, I think that if you could be brave enough to just pop by the house by yourself, and even if you go in and no one's really in there, it's like, okay, do a lap and whatever, like just go study in the corner. Mm -hmm. No, definitely make yourself known, make your presence known, people notice and anything in life, in a work, in a job setting, anything, make your presence known. I love that. Any other random pros you can think of before we head into the cons? Sharing closets, definitely. Mm, That's really good. If you're living in, you've got, depending on how many people live in the house, probably like 30 to 75 closets to borrow from. And I also feel like I learned how to get ready better Yeah, from getting ready with other girls. Like, oh, that's how you do your hair. Oh, that's what makeup you use. Oh, where do you shop? Like you really get a lot of inside scoop in the fashion beauty girl world. Yeah, that's so true. I loved getting ready. We had these very large bathrooms with really nice, bright studio lights. (laughs) That was because our house was pretty much one of the newer ones. And that was so much fun. Getting ready, blasting music in the bathroom, sharing, like you said, beauty tips. And like showering together. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Because it's fun. Like you never after college or you're really like in a position where you're like getting ready with tons of girls and just being chaotic. And I don't know what you guys did, but we'd be like pre-gaming in the bathroom. And like, (laughs) (laughs) it was fun. No, it's sad when you realize that for the most part, you'll never get to do something like that again. Okay. Any cons? I think echoing what you said, if you don't like being told what to do, this might not be the best decision for you because... Is it a cult where you have to do exactly what they say all the time? No. But in any large organization, everyone is going to have to rely on each other and the collective as a whole to make everything happen. And there's there's going to be times where you have to chip in and be a team player. Mm-hmm. And even though this is a con, while you're in the moment and you don't like being told what to do, in hindsight, looking back, I probably would have gotten in a lot more trouble, done a lot more things I regret because, you know, your your parents are watching over you in high school and then you go off to college and you suddenly have all this freedom. So I do feel like the sorority did a good job of keeping me in check when maybe I would have been more unhinged if I wasn't in the house. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, which like you said, in the moment, everyone gets so mad about that kind of stuff. But once you mature, I do feel like it is for your own good. Mm -hmm. Because it's not like they're telling you things to do that don't benefit you. Like me Mm -hmm. not posting with a bottle of alcohol like all over my Instagram, like that is for my personal benefit for getting a job in the future and just, you know, your your reputation as a whole. You know, they're not doing that because they're trying to take away your creative freedom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're not telling you to dye your hair a certain way to lose 10 pounds. There's none of that. It's literally like, hey, should you be posting ripping shots in your (laughs) shirt when you're literally 18 years old? (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. So things like having to participate in homecoming, that's a huge thing at my school. We all have to go volunteer or do different things for homecoming week, weekend. And some people didn't want to do that. Or, you know, we have these social events like parties and different activities. Some people have to volunteer and check people into the event, help people get on the bus, make sure people aren't passing out from drinking too much. Like there's going to be volunteers. So if you don't like participating in team effort things, sometimes having to do things that you don't want to do, this is going to be a very difficult path for you to take. Yes, It's very time intensive. And if you're not all in, those things could feel like a burden instead of exciting. Like if you love your sorority and you love participating, then you're like, oh yeah, I'm totally down to go pomp, as they call doing like the homecoming (laughs) week or like, I'm, I don't want to drink tonight because I have this thing tomorrow morning. So like, I'm totally down to volunteer as the sober sister. But if you are not into it, then you're going to be like this stupid thing. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I think that's so true. Your mindset on it is going to either make or break that experience for you. Yeah. Some other cons, like you said, you may be asked to delete posts, cover up alcohol in your photos. You might be asked to raise your GPA if you're not meeting your GPA. You know, some sororities have higher ones. Some have lower ones. I think for us, we asked everyone to have a 3.0 or higher, which is around an 83% average. It's like a B average. And that's a con if you got called into standards for grades. But it's also kind of a pro because nine times out of 10, when as a president, it was a president and the person who enforced the rules, that chair, ours was called a personnel chair. When someone would come in for grades, it was literally us just being concerned like, hey, you have a 1.0 GPA. What is going on? And sometimes they'd break down crying and just say they have so much going on. They're depressed. And we would help them. We weren't there to berate them or make them drop out of the sorority. Mm-hmm. We were literally there to show concern and care. And there's, if you weren't in a sorority, there might not be people who care like that in your life. Yeah. And could see that downward spiral happening sooner. Because maybe by the mm-hmm. time your parents found out, it maybe is like at the end of the semester and then you have yeah. to drop out. But having people looking over you and keeping you accountable, they can catch that stuff like a little earlier. And like people can tell Mm -hmm. if you're not going to class. And yeah, I do think a lot of these cons are in the moment, they do seem parental, but in the end, they really turn out to be pros most of the time. Yeah, it's people that have your best interest at heart, which is us literally selling the sorority. But I feel like it really is like, because I know people who dropped and, you know, they felt so good after they did it. They were happy. But yeah, just I personally feel like the rules and, you know, I guess a con could be in your house and your chapter. There might be rules that actually suck and they're not helpful at all. Like I do know a house at our school where everyone lives in typically your sophomore year at my college. But this house, you had to fully move out 
every semester of the house. So at winter break, where, you know, you would live in for your first semester sophomore and your second semester sophomore year, they had to fully move out. Even if they were moving back into the same room with the same roommate. And I'm like, what the heck? That's oh my kind gosh. of psycho. Yeah, there was a few houses at my school that were like that too. We didn't have to do that. You just like, you know, pack your bag and leave the majority of your stuff. And lock Which your does room. bring me to maybe an actual con. Depending on how the bedrooms are set up mm-hmm. and how you work as a person, the living dynamics could be a con. I was lucky Mm -hmm. enough in my house that the max people in one room were four and we did a point system. So if you were involved, you got earlier choice on rooms. So for, Mm -hmm. I lived in for two years. One year I had a one man fully to myself, which was amazing. And then one semester, did I live in two and a half years? I think I lived in there a lot because I was, (laughs) (laughs) I I like wouldn't move out. I did love it though. (laughs) I had three roommates at one point. Yeah, a three-man in one bedroom, a three-man in another. Then the next year, a two-man, a two-man, and then a one-man. So I really had the whole variety. (laughs) And they were all great, but some of the houses have like joined sleeping. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, What do you mean? So they would have like a bunch of bunk beds in one room and then the bathroom like would be separate and like the closet areas would all be together. But you would all like sleep in one area. (laughs) Like Like 16 people. Oh my no, gosh. No, like 16. Okay, yeah. So that if that's the house, that could be a big con if you are someone. I think everyone needs their own space at some point. Yeah. Be a that lot would for a whole year. Not have worked very well for me. Yeah, or even a con if your chapter literally doesn't even have a house. That might I feel like a big part of me loving my sorority was having the physical space. So that could be a big con if your college doesn't have a place that's yours. Mhm. But And then maybe lastly, because it is a big one, that it does cost a good amount of money. Mm -hmm. I think it was worth it financially, but of course, that could be a big factor. I'm pretty sure you can just put it on your student loans. That's what I did. (laughs) So I'm still paying it off, but... I just kind of saw it as part of the entire college experience. Yeah. And there's obviously college classes that I had to take that I didn't want to take or I didn't feel like helped me in my future and I'm still paying off those. So there's ways to be in the house and reduce your expenses. Like maybe you don't need to buy every t-shirt. You don't need to go to every event. Like you can still be mindful and talk to the finance chair if there's ways to alleviate your situation. Yeah. I think that if you explain your situation, if you are really in that position where you're about to drop because you can't afford it, I, depending on your situation, at least my house, I know they would help you. (laughs) Like if you're really someone who actually needed help, because I know we would have scholarships and I think everyone would apply, but you know, there's definitely people whose parents are like millionaires and don't need the scholarship. And I think Mm -hmm. our chapter did a good job of weeding those people out and actually giving the money to people who needed it. That's a good con is that, yes, it does cost money. So that's something you can ask during recruitment. You can get, and I think they provide that now, the full breakdown of how much it costs. Mm-hmm. So you're not blindsided. And like we said at the beginning, everything in life costs money. So maybe try to think of it as like a lifestyle package deal where for this cost, you're getting food and beauty advice and (laughs) community and future invites to things that maybe you wouldn't get. And five-year you down the line who needs a place to stay in a random city, you now have a place to stay. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot 
of benefits packaged up into that expense, even if it doesn't maybe seem like it at that moment. Yeah. And the money always comes back, but the time and the opportunity doesn't. And that is so true with sororities. If you don't rush your freshman year, you kind of miss the boat. Even sophomore year. I know our house only had one, max two spots for sophomores. I don't know why. That kind of does seem a little unfair, but I don't know. That's just kind of how it was. We wanted to have mostly freshmen because I think there's a higher chance that a sophomore might not feel connected and they might end up dropping anyways. Mm. So yeah, if you are considering it and have the outlook, I guess you can always rush in the spring year, freshman year too, depending on which college you go to. But if you really are on the fence about it, I would say just go for it because if you don't do it now, you might truly miss the boat. But also not. I had friends that joined houses their junior year and they loved it. So I don't know. Take that with a grain of salt because I also have friends that literally were in a house for one year and they thrived and had the best time of their life. But it is taking a risk to wait because your likelihood of getting in is going to be reduced because there's fewer spots left. And freshman year, you probably had the best chance just because of how many people they're going to add to the pledge class. Okay. Well, going into that, should we give some good tips, our best advice for how to thrive and stand out during recruitment? Yeah. So fun fact, before sorority recruitment, I had a high-pitched different voice and I didn't (gasps) take care of myself during recruitment. So I lost my voice, kept talking over it and, you know, then turned into the weekend and then school started. Long story short, I permanently damaged my vocal cords. So now this voice you're hearing now was not the voice that I had before college started, which is crazy. I like need to like pull up a video or something from high school and like try to hear what my voice sounded like before. But it is straining on the body. It's Mm. a lot of social interaction. It's a lot of new experiences all at once. You know, you're moving out of wherever you lived before into this new environment. You're exchanging energy with people maybe you've never met or whatever. So with all of those changes, if you're not taking care of your well-being, it's going to be really hard to put your best foot forward and have a great Mm -hmm. interview and have a great recruitment experience if you're trying to run on empty. Yes. Take your vitamins. Take some vitamin C, D, because you're not outside. You're inside all day. That vitamin D is necessary. Maybe some zinc or some emergency. Just drink a little packet every night because you could get sick. And like you said, that affects your voice. Also, a vocal coach taught me in Hania. We had a video shoot where our talent was a vocal coach. And he said, try to talk from your chest. And you guys can look into it. Maybe I'll link something. But that's going to save your throat. I'm not saying that's what you did, Allison. But if you're talking from your throat all week, that's how you lose your voice faster than talking from your chest. I have never heard this. I will have to do a deep dive (laughs) at a later date. Does it sound like I talk from my chest now? I I don't know. I'm not, I'm not attuned. It's it's how you feel. I feel like, like when I talk from my throat, I can like really feel it in my throat. But when I'm talking normal, I can feel it in my chest. He was having us do it. Whoa. Okay. So So he teaches all his actors (laughs) to talk from their chest. Yeah. Because you'll, you'll quickly strain your vocal cords. It really helps. So that's a little side note, but And make sure you get good sleep. It's Mm. going to be very tempting all of the evenings of recruitment to go get dinner with everyone, to stay out late, to keep meeting people. But you have four years to do that or three or five or however long you're there. And it's very important that first week to take care of yourself and stay grounded, get good sleep, eat well, try to maintain some of your routines, like whatever that looks like for you. Like if going for a walk or a run or to a yoga class or doing errands by yourself is really what keeps you feeling grounded, 
try to do some of those little, little things. Yeah. I think that being unique will never hurt you nine times out of 10 in recruitment. So if you love a favorite pair of shoes and that's a little bit different than what other people might be wearing, or if you have a favorite purse, earrings. I know one girl really stood out. She had this really cute score and everyone was obsessed. Or this other girl wore denim overalls. And I like still remember this because we had a t-shirt that you had to wear and then you could just wear whatever bottoms. But she did this whole cute overall look and everyone was obsessed. I feel like it totally helps to have something that one is unique and helps you stand out, but two also expresses your personality and who you are. I was definitely going to say the same thing about something in your outfit standing out. But I I think to double whammy that, have something on your outfit every day that's like a standout conversation starter statement piece and have something every day that's the exact same because you're going to be talking to all these people and it's going to be easy for the person interviewing you to get you confused with someone else. So if you have like the same necklace like with your name or the same bracelet or like a really cool ring or something or like maybe you juge up your name tag with this like pin or something. Yeah. That way people can remember who you are, but then you have the standout item to add like this cool factor. Or like a red lip or like a bright pink lip Mm -hmm. or smoky eye or glitter. That could be fun. Glasses, something in your hair, like a cool earring thing. Yeah. There's, there's a lot that you could do both directions. I like that. Have something that's consistent, the same, maybe it's the same bag, a fun, bright, colorful bag or something. I really like that tip. I would say my biggest tip that I think really helped people stand out was just to be confident walking in and out of the house. To this day, I remember people that were very, very confident stood out to literally everybody. And we would say during our end of the night debriefs, did you guys see that girl walking out? She was dancing to the music. Like she was having so fun. Someone like did a dance move and like everyone laughed in a good way. Like she was doing it to be funny. And like, she's literally got into the house. Like everyone just like loved that she wasn't afraid to... It was literally a dab. I think she like dabbed (laughs) when that was a big thing. And everyone's like, that's so cool that she felt confident to dab. So be confident, even if you fake it until you make it, because that makes you magnetic and people will notice. Mm -hmm. And you're putting out the energy that you feel comfortable in that house, which will then make the people interviewing you being like, oh my gosh, I can perfectly see her fitting right in because they're already so comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Other ways to stand out, I think trying to find common ground in your conversations that you have interests that you have in mind together. Like taking, take out the interview part where it's like just asking each other questions and really try to find things that you have in common. I just feel like that it's easier for someone to remember like, oh, we both love this same show or we both love this store or whatever it is than to remember random facts about someone's family vacation. Yeah, find the common ground. That's a great tip. I think some other very helpful conversational tips, because that is over half of what sorority recruitment is. It's your conversational skills. Just like polish those up, like make sure you're maintaining eye contact. Think about your body language. Maybe have two or three thoughtful questions in the back of your mind so that if the conversation goes blank, you have some questions that you could ask every house. Some that I thought of, maybe you could ask every house or every person you talk to every house, what's your happiest memory so far being in this sorority? What does inclusion and sisterhood look like here? So maybe if you do get nervous, don't be afraid to have some of those. And you could even say like, okay, I've been asking every house this. Do you mind if I ask you a question? I feel like that would really impress them if you're the one who asked the question. 
Yeah, yeah. Especially if you like need a break from talking a little bit, like because mostly the person is going to be asking you questions. I think it's okay to reflect and throw a few back to them so that you can gather your thoughts or take a break from talking for a second. Yeah. And just some other good conversational skills. Avoid interrupting. I think that would really be off-putting to someone if they're trying to talk and you interrupt them and try to finish their sentence before they finish. Like, just let them talk. Give some verbal cues that you're listening. Like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Those are all really great. Oh, and just participate in active listening. So don't think about what you're going to say next. Really think about what they're saying because I think it is noticeable in a conversation when you said something and that person that you're talking to knew what they were going to say next and totally didn't listen to, or at least it seems like they didn't listen to anything you just said previously. Mm-hmm. Two things that came to mind for me were to focus because you're going to be in a room where so many conversations mm-hmm. are happening and it gets really, really loud. And it's easy to get distracted by the people who having a full-blown conversation one foot away from you. So really trying to hone in on the conversation you're having and not worry about like what's going on around you too much. And another thing I remember is being very, very hot. And I am like always cold, but those rooms Mm. heat up a lot because there's so many people and then like other people are sweating. And if you're, I am very blessed, like thank you, mom and dad. I don't know what gene I got, but I like do not sweat very easily. So like, I don't think I've like ever really pitted out in my life, but (laughs) I can imagine that that would be really embarrassing for someone if that was something they're self-conscious about. So wearing more breezy clothes like linen or something that isn't going to make you sweat a ton, like some satins and polyesters might, because I just remember it being, you know, it's the end of summer, so it's hot outside. You're like, walking house to house. You're mm-hmm. nervous probably. So you're like sweating and heightened emotions more. Yeah. And then I feel like once you start sweating, then you're like nervous that you're sweating and it just mm. keeps going. Yeah. That reminds me to pack what you might need in your purse that you bring everywhere. So pack that extra deodorant. And again, you're led by what we at my school called PIKIs or like the camp counselors kind of of recruitment. So your camp counselors are going to have everything you need, but it doesn't hurt to, you know, bring some extra lip gloss, some body spray, some deodorant. If you get cold, maybe on the opposite, bring a little sweater that you can tie to your purse and maybe you don't even end up using it, but at least you have it. Cause like, what if you get cold in the house or maybe bring a little foldable fan and like fan yourself. I don't think that anyone in that house would think that's weird. If you're like, I got to fan myself while I'm in here. I'm so hot. Like, I think they would think that, yeah, you're showing that you're comfortable. You're not embarrassed to be cooling off a little bit. Yeah. And I think it's okay to communicate your needs to the person interviewing you. If you're like dying and have to go to the bathroom for something, or you're just like really uncomfortable wherever you're sitting or something, I think it's okay to be like, is it possible that I could like go to the restroom really quick or that we could like sit over here? And I'm sure that they'll accommodate you if you're like in a position where you're like very unwell to the point where you like can't even maintain conversation. That sounds Mm. so extreme when we're saying it right now, but (laughs) once you've been talking for days straight to all these different people, you're probably going to hit a point at some point where you're like, I got to take a moment here. Yeah. I think that's a great thing because those people in that house are prepared for that. Like they know that's going to happen. They know that people are going to possibly need to go to the bathroom. There's protocol for that. There's protocol if you need more water, like they have that prepared and ready. So yeah, I don't think that's a weird request. 
you need to do what's best for you because you don't want to pass out. You don't want to pee your pants. You don't want any of that. So yeah. yeah. And then imagine like interviewing poorly there because you're like, you can't even maintain conversation because you have to pee so bad. And the person interviewing you has no idea that you're like about to pee your pants. So they're like, I don't know. She was kind of like weird and couldn't really maintain (laughs) eye contact or have a conversation because they don't know that you're like under duress. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, I just started my period. I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. Like just be open to them. It's all a bunch of girls. Like anything that you're going through, the person has been through that before too, and has probably gone through it that week as well. Yeah. Okay. So all in all, I think your best tip is to just be yourself. I know that's super corny and cliche, but being genuine will help you figure out which chapter, which house is the best one for you. Don't be afraid to share what you're actually interested in. Any tips for how to be who you really are? I think just know that if you put on a facade during recruitment, you're going to have to maintain that facade then for four years and no (laughs) one can do that. So you might as well let your guard down on the first week and just be who you really are because Mm -hmm. it's going to come clean at some point. So you might as well just be yourself and let people see the real you because Mm -hmm. the sooner you do that, kind of going off of our friendship episodes, the sooner that you're just vulnerable with your friends and honest and everything, the sooner that they're going to do that in reverse to you to deepen those friendships. So you might as well start that as early as possible. Yeah. And if you are showing up with your true personality, slinging your classic jokes, being who you are, and that house doesn't vibe with that, that's their loss. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to work out. You're going to find where you're supposed to be. And yeah, that's the whole point of recruitment, finding where you belong. And I think it's all going to work out for you. Well, we've talked a long time and Peaches, my dog, (laughs) has let us know that she is done with me recording this episode. So (laughs) I think we we said enough anyway. And like we said, Mm -hmm. go back and listen to last year's episode. It came out in August, maybe the end of July, 2022. We'll link it in the show notes. Good luck going through recruitment. You're going to do great. Take care of yourself. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. You gave it your best. Yeah, and it was meant to be. But if you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Make sure to hang around post-recruitment and we have a lot of good content already recorded and coming up for you guys. So amazing. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Already Friends. We want to tell you guys, what is our favorite thing in this world? Getting Apple and Spotify reviews. So to thank you guys, when we hit 500 reviews on Apple and Spotify, we're going to give you one of your favorite things. And we're going to tell you what it is. It's a $50 gift card to wherever you want. Please, come on. We're desperate. We're literally dreaming up these reviews in our sleep. Got to help us get there. We want to keep creating great Already Friends podcast shows for you guys. We need those reviews. So don't make us beg, all right? (laughs) So leave a rating, leave a review, screenshot it, send it to us. And yeah, when we hit 500, we'll pick two of you guys to get a $50 gift card to wherever you choose. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will catch you in the review section of our show. Love y'all. Love ya. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.